0: It's about creating conversations that you can share. Arrow.net, A-R-R-O-E.net. We are Unplugged and Totally Uncut with Jason White. Whereabouts in the world are you today, sir?
1: Uh, Indianapolis, Indiana.
0: Oh, my God. It's not even uh, 9 o'clock there yet, right? It's, it's just becoming <laughs> 9.
1: 10 o'clock. We just sprang ahead an hour for some ridiculous reason.
0: Oh, so you're on the same time schedule as we are here in the Carolinas then?
1: I believe so, yeah. You're on Eastern time too, correct? Yeah, Absolutely yeah yeah we're the only part of the state is in central time (laughs) heaven forbid the entire state be on one time zone they have to split it up and make it unnecessarily complicated
0: and that in itself is a reason to write another book sir that's right (laughs) (laughs) well you've got the masters of of dragon metal this this is a new kind of magic for your readers
1: it is, yes. I think part of the concept is in, in the world we live in today, magic is gone. So there are basically just scraps of it that are remaining, and that's what the, the heroes of the story have to do, is they have to kind of use some of those relics that have those charges of remaining magic.
0: You know, this this sounds like the making of a video game.
1: It could be a cool video game. It would be a cool cartoon or movie or does. None of that will ever happen, mind you, but it's <laughs> all of those things.
0: So now when, when you write a book like this, that, where do you put yourself physically to be able to step into the imagination? Because there's so much content and junk going on around us at all times. A book like this, you've got to go into a zone.
1: Yes, and luckily with COVID, I was kind of forced into a zone. So I found myself working from home, as many people did. And it was during that time, I would just, before before work and after work, I would just kind of sit on the love seat in my living room with my laptop on my lap, and I would just write, uh, whereas before I would be using that time for commuting, I kind of stole some of that time back for writing instead. But just curl up on a couch with uh, with buffy in my laptop. that's that's my zone.
0: <laughs> now, now, when when you put your fingers on that on that keyboard and stuff like that on a computer, how did you keep the perfectionist at bay because it's so easy to go back and erase a, a paragraph?
1: Uh, it, it is. I think I actually I was reading the third Dune book. And in that Dune book, there's kind of a, an extra from the author where he talks about his process for writing Dune. And I kind of use that for inspiration. He talks about how he when he writes or when he wrote, he didn't let himself think about commercial success. He didn't let him think about anything other than these are the themes that I want to focus on. And then, so these are the themes I'm going to write about, and he would just kind of go. So I kept just thinking back to that and just trying to focus on um, getting the words out onto paper and not thinking about whether the words made sense or whether (laughs) the words would be entertaining, just on the page and just go, go, go.
0: Well, I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I've learned as as a writer as well as, as talking with a lot of authors and things and that is is that you guys actually started off as being brilliant readers and there there are listeners who are readers that could easily become writers but they need the inspiration from people like yourself.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think if I think if you're someone who reads frequently then you have the potential to be, to be a writer. I, th- I think there are a lot of There are a lot of authors who who post things online. Maybe they don't necessarily plan on ever publishing a book. Maybe they just write short stories or or even fan fiction, but it's done brilliantly. Um, And that's because they are, at at their heart, they're they're readers, they're consumers. They enjoy stories.
0: So what was your inspiration to go for the YA readers? Because, I mean, you talk about loyalty. Those YA readers are going to be there all the time for you.
1: They, They are. I think that's just where... That's probably where I'm I'm most comfortable in terms of my writing style. I'm not quite sure why, but I I obviously I enjoy young adult book series myself. You know, Harry Potter, the the Shadowhunters, those types of stories. Um, and a lot of times in YA stories, they they take place in these fictional dystopian worlds, which I I'm a big fan of. But I wanted to kind of take a look at the dystopia of the world we live in today I mean there's there's sickness and war and and death everywhere it's just as bad as you know district 13 in the hunger games or or some of those types of places so I kind of wanted to take the dystopia idea and just kind of tilt it on its head a little bit
0: you're a master at writing fantasy based on reality i mean that that seems to be the hook of your song which is what i mean and with with the reader inside their imagination is it's got to really you know pulsate something
1: uh well thank you i i think yeah i i i really try to make it kind of cinematic in scope i mm-hmm. think A lot of the feedback that I've been getting so far from early reviews is that they can kind of see the story through a lens. It feels like I'm watching a movie in my head. So I I really try to kind of get that kind of cinematic experience in writing as much as possible to try to really make it connect and, and move in the mind of the reader.
0: Justin is a foster child. What was was it the lockdown in COVID that, that got you to go, you know what, I, I'm feeling kind of uh, trapped and alone. Um I think I'll <laughs> I'll create a character that'll feel the same, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's a foster child.
1: Yeah, well trapped and alone is kind of my natural state my natural state of feeling. No just kidding. But um no, it wasn't COVID that kind of took me in that direction. I have just always in, in what I read and what I write, I've just always found the stories of foster kids to be um, just just relatable, yeah. something that has always caught my attention and when you think about a lot of the popular characters in young adult fiction, a lot of times they are orphans or, or foster kids to some extent so it was kind of a no-brainer to make the, the character be, be an orphan who is someone who could be easily uh, I, I think we all even if we have happy parents I think we can relate to the stories mm-hmm. of feeling lonely feeling abandoned um that's something we can all relate to regardless of whether we're we're orphans or even have a a happy family
0: dude i was that kid that wanted new parents i was ready to you know fire those guys get me some new parents here i i don't know what it is i don't like about them i just don't want them
1: no i hear it man i was the same way when i was a kid i i grew out of that phase and i i obviously love my parents now they were um they were always good to me, so I was lucky in that regard. I wouldn't have said that at the time, but, <laughs> you know, and all that. But I mean, and that's something where I and I think for foster kids specifically, though, just when I was a when I was a journalist, I was exposed to a lot of the the foster care system, um, juvenile detention system, and it's so kind of appalling what those kids could go through. And I kind of wanted to bring that onto the page but i didn't want the story to be so depressing that people would turn away from it so that's why justin's kind of a a smart aleck and (laughs) and and amusing just to kind of have that fun part of the story so it's not all despair and gloom and doom every page so
0: yeah but you gotta like it though that he's a protagonist i mean come on i mean that, that that gives him some some depth and some personality
1: oh absolutely i think he he's a very interesting character to me he kind of um I I plotted him out I plotted out his backstory but he very much just once I start writing his story takes on a life of its own and I think going back to some of the early reviews that I've gotten for the book a lot of people really really enjoy his character they enjoy his complexity they like that he hates bullies they like that he (laughs) he's not some kind of special chosen one he doesn't have a special destiny he's just he's just a kid um and a lot of people seem to relate to that so I'm I'm excited with how he turned out.
0: He hates boys, but yet you've made him a part of the LGBTQ community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I did it in a way where I didn't want to make that I didn't want to do that in a way that was super obvious. Mm-hmm. Because for for me, a lot of the fiction that I read or what I write or, or watch on T V, whenever you see kind of a, a gay or bi storyline, it's it's about them being gay or it's about right. them being bisexual. Right. And I kind of wanted to have a story where it's not about him being gay he just is he's just uh he's just a guy who likes other guys
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so and, and he's not him struggling with that isn't part of the story he's he's struggling with a bunch of stuff but you know his sexual identity it's it's not really about that he just he just is who he is
0: see i love that i love that because you're you're right it this way we're not taking our eyes off from the true story here we're putting focus on what what is going on
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, I, and that's kind of what I wanted to do was normalize, normalize the LGBTQ side of the story, which it's still important to have that representation. But I didn't want to distract from the main story of, of the book. So I think that's that's spot on.
0: Readers are going to discover this thing called dystopia. My God, that's not that's such a great word. <laughs> say that again. Dystopia. It's such a great word. I mean, yeah. re- is it dystopia? Dystopia? Is it? I mean, what? What? What's? What's the action in this one?
1: I say dystopia. Okay. So, and, and I think the setting of the book is it takes place in it takes place in our world. It's mostly in Chicago, but in our world, um, the battle of good versus evil is over. Evil won, and that's why everything <laughs> sucks. That's w- that's why there's corruption rampant everywhere. That's why there's that's why there's war and fighting and there were these three great schools of magic that operated in secret that um i try to make the symbolism very obvious that i'm referring to religion hopefully that came through but they were supposed to be fighting against the forces of evil but instead they fought against each other and they kind of allowed evil to creep into our world and um kind of separate our world from from magic.
0: And and as as much as you talk about with, you know, that you've made it modernized and stuff like that, there's still ancient secrets. There's twisted monsters. I mean, there's things in here that, I mean, any age can step into this book and go, oh, this is all about me.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And that's kind of what um, that's what I was aiming for. I tried to make it not just focus on one particular thing. So you've got you've got some Babylonian monsters. You've got some Judeo-Christian demons. There are kind of elfish creatures in there. It's it's kind of an I think of this series as a whole is an homage to all the things that I love about pop culture. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, there's some supernatural and buffy in there, there's some Japanese anime and some Power Rangers in there, there's some Oliver Twist, there's it's just a it's 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 a story that I would like to read, and that's kind of what, what my goal was. Um, so to your point, I think absolutely there are things that, you know, some of my some of my earlier reviews have come from adult males who have really liked the books. Some have come from I've heard from some younger teenagers who really liked it. So I I try to make it so there's something for everyone.
0: So let's think like Shark Tank here now. Let's say that Mr. Wonderful is talking to you and he's going to ask you that question. Are you at Comic Cons? Are you promoting this at, in areas where the, where where new readers that didn't know are going to reach out and, and, and grab your book?
1: So I'm not promoting a Comic Con yet. My goal is this is gonna be probably a seven book series. Jeez. My goal is, Yeah, it's gonna take like the next decade of my life. But that's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've already finished I've already finished the second book and I've started on the third. When I say finish the second book, I finished the first draft of the second book. So now it's with my editor and she's looking through it. So it'll probably take a few months to finalize. But anyways, I, I digress. My goal is to start going to Comic-Cons and Gen Con. And here in Indianapolis, we have something called PopCon after the second book. That that way it's clear that it's it's a series. I right. have more than established. Right. established. Um, maybe have some short stories out at that point. For now, I'm just kind of focusing on social media, podcasts, blogs. Um, I've got my own website up, uh, news articles, those types of things. I'll definitely hit the circuit, but I just kind of want to establish a readership, somewhat of a readership base before I do that.
0: So now, if, if you're going to turn this into a seven book series, I, what is that doing to you on the inside as a creator? Because when you finish up that seventh book, dude, you're, you're going to have one hell of a morning in front of you
1: in terms of what am I going to do when it's over?
0: Well, I mean, because you're going to see I, when I finish writing a book, I go through a morning period. It's like, Oh my God. Hmm. Oh my God. I mean, seven books into this, what is it going to be like when it's like, okay, I just finished it. Boom.
1: Oh, I want to go back into a spell. Like I'll, I'll probably never be done completely. <laughs> done one. I'll, I'll go back and, uh, and try to do maybe a spinoff. Okay. Um, maybe a series about one of the, one of the supporting characters I don't think I'll ever be done completely, but in terms of the core, um, the core story there, there are seven. I don't, I don't know that I'll allow myself to mourn because there's so much, the way I've built this world out there, there are story ideas I've had on the shelves for probably 20 years. And I've been starting to pull from those shelves, um, and kind of fit them into this world that I've created. And I have, I have pages of backstory. I have pages of, um, pages of lore pages of I have dozens of short stories so um there's a lot to the world outside of just Justin and his story um, where I could where I could play if I wanted to.
0: Now, I know that you that you say that you tap this out under out the computer and stuff like that, but I mean, I've got 28 years of writing inside this studio, but it's all neatly put away, taken care of, protected, and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel the same way? It's like you have this library of information, sight, sound, all this stuff, and it's like, oh my God, I can't wait to dive into it to create
1: oh yes absolutely i've got i have uh, notebooks like those little um what are they called those black composition notebooks yes. i have some of those are filled with just handwritten notes i have a few of those and then i have a, a whole bunch of stuff online or on, on hard files i've i have just pages and pages everywhere uh that I could dive into.
0: Don't don't you love that security though? It it's, it's almost like in radio we call it it's in the can, and 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 when it's in the can, it's like yeah, I've got I've got the security knowing that it's never going to be silent.
1: Yes, but there is that security, but there's also a little bit of. Um not anxiousness that comes from it but um <laughs> what's it called when you you have trouble deciding on something and sticking in that direction
0: oh yeah um, oh yeah. De- de- yeah Decider.
1: anxiety. i i can't remember what it's called but it's it's hard for me so right now for example i think for the main story for the main series i'm good and i'm focused but i'm trying to figure out what's put in that short story collection and i keep going back and forth i keep saying okay yeah this story would be good but then i'll change my mind the next day so Having so much, it's hard to kind of distill that into what I want to use for any given project. Um, So it's kind of a double-edged sword. But that's okay. That makes it fun.
0: That goes all the way back to the original topic when when I said uh, the perfectionist. How, How do you silence that perfectionist? Because that perfectionist wants it done right
1: right and that that can only be done at certain times of the day which is early morning before your brain has time to kick in late at night when your brain is exhausted i cannot write in the middle of the day at all just because i all my mind will be firing off in a thousand directions um and it's just it's no use trying to get anything done from a writing standpoint so
0: I, w- I was writing stories while, while before you even got into radio. What about you? Because you talked about your journalism and stuff like that. Were you writing stories then? And was the journalism nothing more than, than just your writing voice? You just found a different platform because you're still sharing stories.
1: That, that's a good question. I think I've always written stories ever since I was a kid. I wrote fan fiction before fan fiction even existed as something online. I would just write like as a little, you know, first grader, I would like write little He-Man stories in, in a notebook. So I've always written journalism. i I wouldn't call it my I wouldn't call it my writing voice, but it's um, journalism is just kind of something I stumbled upon in college. My uh, the guy who lived next to me in my dorm, he worked for the student newspaper. I was working for a job. He said, "Hey, you should come work for us." Uh, So I did and I just fell in love with it. I think it did allow me to tap into some of the writing skills that I developed and I just didn't do anything with. I also really loved with journalism, the aspect of holding the powerful accountable, like being that watchdog for government Mm -hmm. and and police. And even at a college level, I really dug into that. I think there's a lot of responsibility that comes with being a journalist. It's not just about the writing, it's about empowering the reader and shining a light on different aspects of society. Uh, And I guess, yeah, that is something that's carried over into my fiction writing, too.
0: I just wrote about uh, this morning in my daily writing about how it, it almost feels like modern day news media is all about going to a story, but they need to activate the story in people's lives. It's almost like playing the telephone game. By the time it gets around the circle, that story is completely changed.
1: Yeah, that's true. The the problem with modern media, though, and you're going to give me off on a tangent, but <laughs> I mean, so, so much of it is. I think there are still really good local newspapers that still understand how to do the news. That's provide context, give people information so they can form their own opinions, um, talk to experts, not just random people who used to be on TV. But with with the television media, they cover they cover everything uh like they would cover a sports game it's Mm -hmm. and and it's 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 all about entertainment and shock value and it's not it's not really news and that's on both sides of the fence whether you're it's the conservative media or the liberal media both they the problems manifest differently but both at the core have the same problem of they're trying to entertain they're not truly trying to inform um so yeah i uh yeah Yeah, You got my media tangent, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) So you you spoke about a website. What's the website where people can go and give you some love?
1: So it's dragon-metal.com, because Dragon Metal, one word, was taken. Oh, Um, They can also get there by jmichaelwhite.com. That is my, I have a blog there. I try to update it once a month. There's an email newsletter that they can sign up for. Um there's I have some exclusive illustrations on there that people can oh, see. Cool. And it, it's, it's pretty snazzy. It's it's simple. I, I like it. I've gotten positive feedback so far. So
0: well, in 1988 or in the latter part of the 1980s, a lot of those bloggers made this thing called podcasting. What what's stopping you from creating your own podcast?
1: I have thought nothing. I've thought about it. I think it's just motivating myself to actually do it because I thought about it. It seems like fun. Uh, it sounds like you're having a good time with yours. Um, and I've listened to a few episodes. You've got a, a good thing going on. Um, I, li- I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I guess there's nothing really stopping me from doing my own. Just, I think it just goes back to really trying to focus on the writing yep. part and, yep. and telling the story and a podcast might distract from that.
0: You're absolutely right about that, man. You can't, yeah, you can't mix the two in the way of, because what will happen is, is that if, if the focus is on the podcast, when you go back to writing the story, you're actually writing for the podcast. And and so that's been one of the struggles is that as, as a writer, am I writing for what I'm writing for or am I writing because it's going to turn into an episode?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Is that, is that kind of how, is that how you kind of have experienced it with your with your professional endeavors,
0: well, what happened? To, yeah, I was a blogger first for radio because I'd I'd been in radio, and then as as uh, iHeart started to downsize and stuff like that, all of a sudden the only thing I had was was writing and producing commercials, and it was like, no, I need the performance, I need the performance. Well, where am I going to get the performance? And I go, oh my god, I write. I'm going to take from the writing, and not only that, but I'm going to talk to those that also write, those that create music, those that you know create books and things like that. That's where I'm going to go because I'm going to get to the soul of writing.
1: There you go. Well, that sounds like a good approach. And you certainly have you certainly have the podcast voice going for you. Nah.
0: <laughs> it's not my voice. This is this is trained by forty three years of program directors. It's 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 them sitting down with you, going, um, "Now, Arrow, I need you to say this way." Right. <laughs> oh That's my funny. God! If you could have heard me back in the eighties, where they were telling me that when you talk over a Barbara Streisand song intro, please do not use a lot of energy. There are people out there having dinner. They want to hear <laughs> Barbara Streisand. They don't want to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome dude you gotta come back to this show anytime in the future the, the door is always 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 gonna be open for you
1: Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you had me on. It was great talking to you. And yeah, I definitely love to come back in the future.
0: You know, every time that you have a a new book coming out, I mean, I mean, it's it's the, you know, please do, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Let's go through this whole entire seven series books in this, this series, and then everything that grows from it. Because in 25 years, I want to say, do you remember the first time we ever had a conversation?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds sounds like a great goal, man. I I appreciate it very much. All right,
0: man. Well, you'd be brilliant today. Okay.
1: Thanks. You too. Thank you very much.